Coming up on Toronto today, it's transfer deadline day. I'll tell you what that's all about. The Blue Jays. Hey, Tulowitzki showed up last night. The team did not yet again. We'll make up a shopping list. It's going to be a lengthy one for next season. J.J. Watt doing a lot of good. And another blonde Canadian tennis phenom. Maybe this one will actually stick. All that coming up. TSN 1050. This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050, the voice of Toronto sports. You see what I did there? The blonde tennis phenom. Dennis Shapovalov, blonde. Jeannie Bouchard, blonde. One used to be hot on the court. The other one is so hot like Hansel right now. Kind of looks like Hansel as well. The one thing I'll say about Shapovalov, his head must be really small. Like, if you... If you take a look at a picture of him wearing his hat backwards last night, it was like on the first prong. That Hansel's so hot right now. That's one small head or one some large hat. What do you think it is? A small head or a large hat? Let's go with large hat. Impressive last night against Joe Willie. We should start off the show by apologizing. My good buddy in the Sports Center update booth, Mr. Tim Haffey, when I asked Haffey, who's been around this industry for quite some time. He knows quality people. And I asked him, Zimmer, what do you think? Are you liking Jeannie's chances today? What did you say on yesterday's show, Tim Affey? Well, Wheels, um, yeah, mea culpa. I am so embarrassed for you. <laughs> I led you astray. I thought she was playing okay. She was up 6-5. Now, I, I figured it would go to a tie break. I didn't think she was going to break and win 7-5. Right. But she fell apart in that last game. Uh, the other one, Rodina, just blew her out, forced, forced the tie break, ran up the score of the tie break. And, and just like that, when it looked like Jeannie was competing somewhat, she just completely and totally wilted. But you you caught me just before the complete, total meltdown. So so I defer to Narsa and Scriz in, well, in, in the other room because they, they turned thumb downs right away. No Joe, hesitation. Joe Bieber and Scrizzy, thumbs down on Bouchard winning. They went by fact, track record, all that good stuff. I hitched my wagon to Tim Haffey. Yeah, and, 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 my, and my horse named Tim just died on the track right there in front of me. Yeah, that was a bum horse and a broken wagon <laughs> yesterday. No but kidding. You know what I found interesting about that you match? You can't be right all the time, Tim. Uh, no, and I certainly was not right there. In fact, that, that wrong will wipe out uh, maybe 10 rights. It was so off. Okay. Because Jeannie just completely collapsed after I said, yeah, we know she's looking good. Yeah. Uh, you know, put your put your two bucks on her. But you know what, what, I, what I took from that match was the stats are very bizarre. Uh, Jeannie actually had more winners. Yet she had 46 unforced errors compared to 18 for the other one. So Jeannie, on one hand, looked better when she was on, looked stronger, but but she couldn't handle the pressure. It's almost as if playing at this level is too difficult for her now because just error after error after error cost her that match. It's mental. A lot of this is mental, but I'm going to go back to ignoring Jeannie Bouchard until she starts winning. You could keep on following her on Instagram, and I know why she's a sweetheart to a lot of people. I approach things as a sportsman 
And until she starts doing something yet again, she doesn't exist in my sporting world. How does that sound? That sounds great. And I will be making no more Bouchard uh, predictions in favor of her winning until, like you, she actually uh, beats somebody. There you go, Mr. Tim Haffey. By the way, I am Gareth Wheeler on Team Shap Chop. I know everyone liked the El Chapo for Shapovalov. I like the Shap Chop. You know, those Slap Chop. Who didn't buy a Slap Chop? Once you, Joe Bieber, you never bought a slap job? Like, no. Some of those infomercials are so good, you just got to buy. I, I was really tempted when it came with the shticky. Uh-huh. And I was like, I could get a shticky out of this, but I just didn't buy the slap chop. I, I didn't feel chop, like it would work. Shticky combo. Got that? Uh, I remember back in the day, I was a child, those infomercials sucked in my dad. He bought an Abflex. Remember those? They look like a bomber jet, like, and you pulled them into your abs, and apparently gave you a six pack. The magic bullet got all my money. Magic bullet, good Oxy one. Oxyclean, Oxyclean, Oxyclean. I think is the king of the infomercial purchase. The Foreman Grill, like, oh, knockout the fat. You, you could not make your way through university or college, as a lot of kids are going back this weekend, by the way, um, without the George Foreman Grill. And now that I'm a vegetarian, uh, you can still use the grill just on veggies. Works as well. This is Toronto Today. Gareth Wheeler uh, with you for the next couple hours of the program. Plenty to get to. My good buddy KJ, Chris and Jack. It is transfer deadline day for European football. It's a big day. Incredible sums of money being spent. KJ will break it all down for you in about 10 minutes. We will also be giving away two tickets. Canada, Jamaica, international friendly. Coming up this Saturday at BMO Field, your ticket to the event, if you do not win, you can pay 20 bucks, go to the game, and get into the CNE grounds as well. Now that is a good quality Labor Day long weekend Saturday. A little footy and a lot of carnies. That works. Do people go to the CNE for the rides, the sights, the sounds, or the eats? What is it? I'm not, I'm not a big CNE guy. But when I'm on the grounds during a soccer game, like you get sucked into that atmosphere. There's so much going on. And with my ADD, it doesn't bode well because my head is on a swivel. The Blue Jays stunk again. Are people still watching the Blue Jays? Let me know if you are at Wheeler TSN on Twitter. The text is 105050. The email live at tsn1050.ca. Are you still watching the Blue Jays? And if you are, why? Just just explain to me why. I'm curious. I had the game on for a couple minutes last night. Like it's just the good old check-in. Like, hello, you're there. Goodbye. The Blue Jay, the Blue Jays line up tonight or last night against the Boston Red Sox. Is this even a triple A lineup right now? Ezekiel Carrera, Steve Pierce, who had one incredible week, has done nada other than that. Jose Bout, poor Bautista, legend in this city, hitting 205. 205. Hello, Mendoza line. Had three strikeouts. Like, this has been an awful year in the field, at the dish. I hate to see a great go out like this. And this is why the Blue Jays should not have brought him back. And this is why this is why disaster was written all over that wall as soon as they said bye-bye to Edwin Encarnacion. That's all you need to know. Like this Blue Jays front office thought they could tread water 
make a push now while keeping their eyes set on the future. You cannot do both. Pick a side. They didn't choose either, and this is what you get. It's awful. It's been awful baseball for quite some time. And certain analysts and certain individuals have deluded themselves. It's unwatched. It's like it's literally unwatchable. Yet there was like 37,000 there last night. What are you thinking? I guess you got stuck with the tickets or you're just desperate for a night out. And I love my Blue Jays. I'm, I'm like so upset we're not going to be able to experience anything like what we experienced the last two falls. Anyways, carrying on with this horrendous lineup last night. Kendry's Morales batting cleanup. <laughs> Pilar, Goins, Barney, Rafi Lopez, and Rob Refsnyder. That sounds like a Buffalo Bisons team, doesn't it? Serious. And then being serious. And this team was supposed to compete, contend. Who was out? Donaldson had a day off. Smoke. That was your starting outfield. Too low. We'll get to too low in a moment. Travis and Russell Martin. This is your team. This was a team that some people picked to win the AL East. It was crazy talk then. Seems even crazier now. It, let me know if you're still watching the Blue Jays at Wheeler TSN on Twitter. Um, the text is 10 50 50. We have a poll question up. I want we'll get to back to Tulo in a few moments' time, but I wanted to set up this poll question. Joe Bieber, our uh, producer, Joe, uh, where did you get this idea for this poll concept for today's show? So this is going to be the most millennial answer of all time. Yeah, that's fine. Instagram. Okay, good. And uh, follow TSN. Well, it would be like maybe Snapchat. I actually read a th- I read a. Read an article that the one app that millennials need more than any to function properly is Amazon. Yeah, because they don't want to go out and shop. They exactly. just want to sit at home. Exactly. So if you follow at TSN underscore official on Instagram, they put up the question, who will have the biggest impact on their new team? And they'd given five options. Sorry, who on Instagram did this? TSN? TSN, yeah. Okay. And they asked, who will have the biggest impact on their new team? Artemi Panarin, Patrick Marlowe. Alex Radulov, James Neal, Shattenkirk, or other. And while me and you were talking, we realized there's a lot of there's a couple good other options as well. Drewen didn't make that list. Nope. Saad didn't make that list. Those were the two that came to mind first and foremost. I'm, I'm sure there's others that can be added to that list as well. A- anyone else top of mind for you, Joe? I'm interested to see uh, Flurry's impact. I know he's going to be well, playing for a bad team. Flurry and Neil on Vegas. Yeah, I, I mean, think they could have the biggest impact that goes for not. Right. But is the nature of this question the biggest? For, for me, when I hear biggest impact, that means the team is actually going to be decent. You know what I mean? Like, you can have an impact on a crappy team, and the team will still be 20 points out of a playoff spot, be largely irrelevant. That's why I wanted to have Brendan Saad on that list. Because he goes to the Chicago Blackhawks, a team that he's familiar with. He had all kinds of success in Columbus, and he's a guy that's still only 24 years old. 24. You don't Panarin think that, leaves. Too. Panarin's intriguing. Like, there's a lot to like about Panarin, but he's going from a situation playing with Kane, with the Chicago Blackhawks, and now he's going to Columbus Blue Jackets. So we'll see. Because context does matter. But the 20, I can't believe that Brendan Saad's only 24. 
Doesn't he seems like he's been around a lot longer? I would have included Shattenkirk or who else did you name? You named someone else. Someone else over a Patrick Marlowe, but we're here in Toronto, so you need to include Marlowe. See, I, I, th- I think there, if there is a lot of votes for Marlowe on this list, it tells you that Toronto fans are completely drinking the Kool-Aid. There is no chance, Patrick. Like, let, let's be honest here. A 38-year-old player, and we're comparing what he could be compared to Panarin. What, you, what is he, 20? Drouin, 21? Panarin, I think, is closer to Saad's age. He was like an overage rookie. Okay, let me let me look up Panarin, how old he is. Um, or 25. 25 20, oh, wow. Okay, 25. Drouin's got to be like 21, right? Yeah, Drouin's the same age as... Um, Drouin's 22. McKinnon. Okay, so 22. But the fact that Marlowe is 38 years old, that immediately mitigates what I think he'll be able to contribute to the team. I know that he's a name. He's a big name. But there was a reason why he was well down on TSN's free agency list and bored because he's not the player that he was, nor should he consider to be. And if he wins this poll, Joe, I severely worry about the expectations of Maple Leafs fans heading into this season. Because he's a nice supplemental piece, but if you think he's going to be the most impactful Make the biggest impact of any free agent or trade acquisition over the course of the offseason, you got to be having a laugh, don't you? And I think you're hitting the nail on the head because when you look at Panarin, Saad, and Juan, all three of them have an opportunity to be one of the most important forwards on their new team. Exactly. And when you look at Marlowe, you think of him as probably maybe the fourth or fifth best forward on his team as long as the Leafs still have JVR and Kadri. So. I, I agree with you. I just think it's maybe Maple Leafs having some Maple Leaf fans getting overly excited. But not to mention, Drouin is coming up in the poll. So is Panarin. But saw it at 3%. I guess people still think it's the Taves and Kane show. Right. Okay, well, let, and, and Chicago, for whatever reason, they got eliminated in the first round of the playoffs last year. I think it's a team that some people will sleep on. And they made a lot of moves because of the salary cap. And when you kind of break up a good thing and you bring back another piece, it's not as not that sexy. Let, let's put it that way. But the Blackhawks, I, I would have wouldn't be a surprise to me if Taves has a massive bounce back year. That if this team continues to round into form and finishes atop the Western Conference or right near the top of the Western Conference again, and Sod, his fingerprints would be all over that. So you can cast your vote. Which player? will make the biggest impact for his new team. And tweet in your own choices if you don't want Panera, Marlowe, Sauter, Joanne to be that answer. Perhaps it's Shattenkirk. Perhaps it's someone else you believe will have the biggest impact on their respective NHL team. At TSN 1050 Toronto on Twitter. At TSN 1050 Toronto. You can text me as well. 105050. The email is live at tsn1050.ca and we'll open up the phone lines on this in about 15 minutes. Okay? Sounds good? Capiche? All right then. Um, Imagine if we did this with NBA teams. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow. Which NBA acquisition will have the biggest impact for their respective team? Scrizzy, I see the wheels turning. The wheelers turning in your head right now. Because that's a good question. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow. It's a good way to kind of kill these final days of summer. Jimmy Butler. 
First right. thing that comes to mind. Okay. Okay. Defense, Thibodeau. Big Timberwolves guy. You're expecting help the young kids over there in Minnesota. It's going to be tough not to pick Chris Paul. I'm not going to lie to you. So we'll, we'll get into the biggest off-season acquisition by an NHL club in about 15 minutes' time. We'll play you what Troy Tulowitzki said, and oh my gosh, maybe you can help me put together a Blue Jays grocery list for the off-season. Could be lengthy. Try to prioritize. Please and thank you. The text is 105050. The email live at tsn1050.ca at WheelerTSN on Twitter. Uh, today's a huge day for people like me. This is going to be our deadline tunage. It's transfer deadline day across European football. Spain's their transfer window closes tomorrow, but nonetheless, a lot of wheelering or wheeling and dealing. Sorry, I apologize for that. Over the course of today, before the transfer window slams shut and squads remain as they are up until January 1st, to help break down for you everything that we can expect and the potential fallout from it that will happen before, well, I guess it will be about 7 p.m. Eastern Time tonight. It's our very own TSN soccer analyst, my good buddy Christian Jack, at Christian Jack on Twitter. What's going on, KJ? Just keeping it on these uh, big moves, some wheels in motion wheels. There, Okay, you don't mind the puns. Let's do it. Let's keep going. You're in favor of the puns. Okay. Well, when the wheel stops spinning today, who's going to be the biggest mover and shaker? Wow. <laughs> That's a great point. Well, I think every manager's taking it every hour as it comes right now. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the, the biggest thing, you, you mentioned it, it's not just England. I think the biggest move is probably in Paris again where, obviously, Neymar's been secured and there's this big tug of war between them and Monaco right now for Kylian Mbappe, who's uh, arguably the finest young teenager in the history, you know, maybe here the history of the sport. And it's obviously at the, at the age he's going to be the most expensive teenager that he's going to be going. Whether he goes on a loan deal or permanent is still to be decided, but we're going to know that by tonight. And, um, you know, I think when, we, when the window shuts officially, the, the biggest um, shakers will be Paris Saint-Germain as they make the move with Neymar and Mbappe to become a legitimate, you know, massive thunder power in the, in, in the European football. He's 18 years old. Isn't it incredible the money that will be spent on an 18-year-old player? And if you look at Monaco, I mean, it's very difficult to turn down that money. They've already cashed in on multiple players. Bernardo Silva, of course, with Manchester City. Mendy with Manchester City. Now just reports are coming out just as we speak, KJ, that Monaco and Arsenal have agreed a fee for Thomas Lamar, rumored to be 92 million pounds. This is a team that's playing in the Champions League. This is a team that won France last year. Could they get away with selling both Mbappe and Lamar and have any sort of credibility heading into the Champions League? Yeah, I mean, they've made some pretty intelligent signings themselves. Um, you know, Kate came over from Lazio, but, you know, I, it's a difficult one. But, you know, I, you know, it's difficult to, I mean, Monaco, you know, they're getting 20,000 people a game. You know, they're not a massive football club in terms of the revenue that they generate. It's, um, you know, obviously a very much a rich football club with their ownership group, but they're aware that their players are going to be moving on. It's just, a, 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 unless you play in Paris, that's just the way that the, the French football league is right now. And if you're getting... 
90 plus million, which is in effect twice as much money that they got for Bernardo Silva at the beginning of the summer for Thomas Lamar, who's a nice player, but he's not a Bernardo Silva. That's a tremendous amount of business for them. And it just goes to show you that it's a little bit like the Christmas shopping analogy that you wait so long and eventually the demand goes up and up and up and you end up spending way much more money on something that's not necessarily worth that. So credit for Bernardo Silva and Manchester City to get him over the line for half the price if Lamar goes to Arsenal. And this is what we've been thinking about. If Arsenal get Lamar, they may well be willing to let go of Sanchez, which is obviously another big movement going on right now with Alexis Sanchez entering the final year of his deal before he, uh, he becomes a free agent next summer. And let's talk about that as Christian Jack joins me here on Toronto Today, I am Gareth Wheeler. This is kind of like trade deadline for the NHL, for the NBA, where a lot of mistakes can happen and teams will overpay simply out of desperation. It's incredible, KJ, that a squad like a side like Arsenal has all summer to do their wheeling and dealing and settle the future of Alexis Sanchez, yet it comes down to the final hours. And they're in a position where their top player, their best player isn't happy, and they're staring down the potential possibility of selling their best player to a rival club in Manchester City. How do things end up like this? I think, you know, if this does go on, this is more, you know, more fuel to an already, you know, in growing fire to a point where it's a bonfire now with what's going on between the fan base connection and the football club and Arsene Wenger. You know, Arsene Wenger has been adamant all summer when asked about this situation that he would not be selling Alexis Sanchez. Um, He's been adamant that Alexis Sanchez will stay. And he said, you know, they've been building financially towards this for the last few years. Remember the Van Persie sale to Manchester United? He said they had to do that because of the stadium. They're no longer at that point, you know, He's made it public that financially that they do not need to sell their players going into the last year. You know, he, I remember his famous quote, you know, a few weeks before the start of the season about making the choice between efficiency on the field and financial interest. And, you know, the, for me, the choice would be efficiency on the field and financial interest. Okay, they sell out Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain for £40 million for Liverpool. It's not a great look if you're Arsenal, but £40 million for someone like that in his last year of his deal who's not a regular starter. Okay, if you're an Arsenal fan, I think you can accept it. But if they then leave today, and they sell Alexis Sanchez and they make a significant rival better, one that they can't compete with already for, for $60 million just to balance the books again and not keep over the player after they said that they would. I think that's going to be a very difficult PR exercise for Arsenal football. Y- yet some way, somehow, Arsene Wenger will survive this. He's like a zombie in a film that just doesn't die, that doesn't go away. Would a Thomas Lamar signing soften the blow? Would it make it any more acceptable? Or would losing Sanchez really would that be the kind of the final nail here in terms of the perception of Arsenal supporters and them and their uh, I, I guess angst for their for their longtime manager who did so much but seems to have lost the plot? Yeah, it's a great question, Will. It's a difficult one to answer. You know, uh, you know, uh, we've been thinking that the you know, and you mentioned it. The final nail for Wenger has been coming for a long time, but how many more nails are going to drop? You know, there's right. been so many examples of okay, this is the final nail. He sold on Percy. They haven't won a title for years. This is the final nail. They were awful last year. Knocked down the Champions League. This is the final nail. He's in his last year of his contract. He admitted that last year the, the whole his own personal situation was a real effect on the football club in the last few months. Would that be the final nail? Then he signed a new two-year deal you know I do still believe that there's a, there's a group of Arsenal fans who feel very much at comfort with the Wenger being his manager you know and they you have to ask them what are they in this for you know are they in it because they feel like a 
you know that they want their manager to be the person who is who stands for their their own morals about loving the football club and representing the football club and that might be okay um or do they want to you know get a new manager in who may have a couple of years of uh, uh, spiking above the overachievement in terms of that and then recycling a new manager and going forward so look it's it's okay for you and I to sit here and believe that Wenger his time is up at Arsenal and I've been quite consistent about that I believe now for about six years but there are some Arsenal fans who watch them single every week and pay the money that still don't want him to go, which is which is quite remarkable and, and it, it may be another uh, time for another thing, but another example of how sometimes the, it, it's nice to see a little bit of loyalty amongst the humankind. KJ, I want to get back to the Premier League in a moment, but Barcelona, this transfer window, I mean, they've been the most intriguing side because they lose Neymar to PSG, sell him for an incredible world record sum of cash, and they've replaced him with a young player in Dembele, and they bring in Paulinho, a defensive midfielder. It's been a peculiar window for a team that looks like it's been trending in the opposite or the wrong direction. Do they need to go out and get a Coutinho today? Do they need to bring in someone else? Like... What's what's your assessment of where they're at and what they when what the team actually needs? Well, they're a shambles. You know, that's my assessment. You know, there's a lot of problems going on at the board level, which I think always needs to be discussed when it comes to it's not just one person in charge of saying, okay, let's go out and make sure this football club gets better. You know, they were dealt, a, you know, an, an enormous crushing blow. You know, one that would knock you down on the floor when Neymar says he wants to leave. You know, his, um, you know, you know his transfer fee was dealt because you know they obviously PSG matched his out clause that no one ever thought they would ever do that so you know they never expected a player of the caliber of Neymar to say to Barcelona yeah I want to leave you and you know once that happened there was no succession plan you know they've gone about throwing money at players like Dembele and Coutinho who are not even close to Neymar you know that's not necessarily their fault you know Neymar's in a class of his own in terms of players who were able to move this summer you know he's right up there if not close to or with you know the likes of you know Renato Aldo and Messi. So it's very difficult when you're a great side like them with great players and you lose a great player to be able to return and get another great player back. And they certainly hope they've done that with Dembele, but it's an enormous gamble. You know, this is a player that moved for 15 million last season, has had one professional season under his belt at a exactly. high club in Dortmund. So they're gambling massively. You know, I think some of their, you know, the, the, the signings of their shopping has been peculiar. I think if they did get Coutinho over the line, which now looks unlikely today, I think they would have been disappointed with the level of caliber of players that they would have been getting from him personally. That's my own opinion. I'm so, with you. Uh, there's a long way to go, wheels between them and getting back to where they want to be. They've got to sort out a boardroom level with the president there and everything like that. And meanwhile, their rivals, Real Madrid, are just doing everything right with some magnificent signings, again, capturing some young Spanish talent. And the gap between Real Madrid and Barcelona is absolutely enormous right now. So, KJ, just we cover the Premier League more so than any other league other than MLS on TSN. Uh, that's obviously the league that's going to draw most of the attention today. There's already been some moves. A young, talented player, Renato Sanchez, goes to Swansea on loan, an astute signing. Oxlade Chamberlain, you mentioned, goes from Arsenal to Liverpool. Looks like Llorente goes from Swansea to Spurs. Is there a team that you're looking at that really needs to add more so than others right now? Like, Where's your attention today other than Manchester City trying to somehow, some way, land Alexis Sanchez? Well, I think it's Tottenham. 
and, and I think that you know they got Serge Aurier as well from PSG today, which I think is a really good signing for them. He's obviously had major character problems and character flaws over the last few years, and there's a right. It's right today that some Tottenham supporters groups have been a little bit wary about allowing him into the dressing room. But I think from their point of view, they've got to back their manager and their leader in, in Mauricio Pochettino to make sure that he manages Serge Aurier well. And once he gets on the football field, you'll see someone who is extremely close, if not better, than the caliber of player that they let go for Kyle Walker at right back. Uh, the other thing with Spurs is that you know they've got a core players here, Wheels, as you know, who are very underpaid at that level. And you know this is a massive season for them. You know they haven't won out the last two games at Wembley, and I think they need a little bit more help going forward. They've spent some good play, they've spent some good money on good young players, and that's always been the challenge for them. They can't go out and spend money on massive players who were already definitely signed in terms of secured in terms of their talent. They need to get players in and make them better. Um, but for Spurs, they've got to get it over the line now. They've got to bring in some players to strengthen that squad because with the Champions League going ahead in a very difficult group as well, I think they need a, at least another attacking player that they can bring in here. And the Renato Sanchez one is absolutely fascinating quickly yeah. because Paul Clement was obviously a, an assistant manager to Carlo Ancelotti at Bayern Munich. He knows Renato Sanchez. He worked with him for a few months. I've seen a lot of people questioning this move. I think this is a brilliant move for the player. And he's only 20 years old. He's had less than 40 starts at a club level in his career. He could make that many this year alone with club and league football. A player that will play in a very competitive league and Wheels will play every single week and then we'll find out what he really is as a player. Because, you know, we can all say what a great player he looks like he's going to be, but he's rotting on the bench at Bayern Munich. He needs minutes to be able to prove what he can become. And to think Manchester United just was pipped to that bid last year, could have landed with United, now goes to Swansea City on loan. Incredible. Um, well, let, if you went there now, so exactly. it's a better move for him, I think. Well, let's end on this. Anything that happens today, would it change the way that you look at who is deemed the favorite in the Premier League? Um, probably the Alexis Sanchez. I mean, if, if Manchester City are somehow able to get Alexis Sanchez today, I think, I've, I mean, I've said this already on our broadcast, I think that it's it's almost criminal how how people are letting them off the hook a little bit. Manchester City, everyone's talking about United because of Mourinho and they make headlines. Uh, everyone talks about Chelsea and the Costa and Antonio Conte. You know, Guardiola and City go a little bit under the radar, but the amount of money that they have spent this off-season, you know, you think about it, over £200 million on players. And if they were to go get £60 million and get Alexis Sanchez, for me, they should win the league. Yeah. And if they don't, that's a massive, massive, massive miscalculation on their part. Manchester United have got a good team coming forward and everyone wants to talk about them, but you put the squad up against Manchester City squad this year, for me City should win. The spending has been absolutely sensational. A lot of people that watch KJ, that listen to him here on the radio, don't understand how many notes he takes. He has this notebook, it's like his own football bible. It's going to be getting a workout today. KJ, really appreciate you taking some time. Enjoy the next couple hours, it should be crazy. Always a pleasure, pal. Keep up the great work. Thanks, buddy. Christian Jack, our TSN soccer analyst. It is it. It is deadline day today for all those who love NHL trade deadline, NBA trade deadline. It's just like that, but it's ramped up like a million notches because it's involving big players across all of Europeans, all Europe's top leagues. We'll be giving away two tickets to Canada's uh, Friendly this weekend, this Saturday, down at BMO Field. They take on Jamaica, giving away two tickets a little bit later on in the program. Let's spin it back to the hockey talk. We have a poll question up. Which newest acquisition, off-season pickup by 
any NHL team, which player is going to have the biggest impact this upcoming season? The poll question is up at TSN 1050 Radio, but we want to hear from you. 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. And toll free at 1-855-591-6876. Is it going to be Patty Marlowe? Is it going to be Brandon Saad? Is it going to be Kevin Kevin Shattenkirk? And a couple of goaltenders' names have been dropped as well. So 416-870-1050. The text is 1050-50. The email live at tsn1050.ca, at WheelerTSN on Twitter. As Toronto Today rolls on, I'm your boy Wheels, and this is TSN 1050. I'm a chicken fry And cold beer on a Friday night A pair of jeans that fit just right hey. And the radio Big country guy is crazy Ish The significant other's trying to turn me Really? There's like two, three songs that I kind of like And that's it How's that going? Are you Darius spinning? Darius Rucker's good Okay you, you mean Hootie? Hootie Wagon Wheel's a banger. <laughs> I've never been a big country, like old school country. Kind of more into, like, I guess, like Johnny Cash, like that sort of stuff. New country, I feel like I could write a country song. Absolutely. It's about falling in and out of love. Pickup trucks. Drinking booze. Dogs. Partying by the water. Jack Daniels, specifically. Jack Daniels. Yeah. There you go. There's a hit song. Belt buckles. Right. And I'm not trying to hate on country music. Like, I get why it's popular. Just not really for me. But this could be on in the background. I'm cool. Have you been to the Rockin' Horse uh, a bar downtown? No, I have not. But you should go. a friend of mine owns or runs that place. Really? Part owner. Yeah. Wow, you should go. After party for us at the Rockin' Rockin Horse this weekend. Let's do it. Uh, where are we going? Where are we partying? I'm around this weekend. Horse. You're calling your guy. Okay, buddy. Done. Sounds like a party at a country bar this weekend. That was my one regret. I went to Nashville for my bachelor party last year. And my one regret is that I didn't get cowboy boots. I was like, that was the time for me to saddle up and get a pair of cowboy boots. And I missed that opportunity. So I've never been to the Stampede in Calgary. But the word is, you can't go dress like what I am today. Just like button up. Denim, hat on. No, you got to wear the full getup, big belt buckle, big cowboy hat as your lid, and cowboy boots. And if you don't, then you kind of stick out like a sore thumb. So it sounds like I need to get geared up because I'd love to go to Stampede next year. I'd, I'd love to. It's on my bucket list. Thanks for playing the country out of the gate. Uh, Gareth Wheeler with you at Wheeler TSN on Twitter. Uh, let's reset that poll. Actually, before we reset the poll question, we had a strong mini debate that lasted about 10 seconds before we came back on air as Joe Bieber, my producer, brought to my attention that Shipachov, is yeah. that how you say his name? Yeah. Who's this guy? Shipachov is a player who plays for the Vegas or will play for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. Who is he exactly? Has he played in the league? I've never even no, heard of this he guy. Was, uh, one of, he, I think, was their second official signing or third official signing. 
Does he have a first name? Uh, yes, I will find that for you. Okay, so some cat named Shipachov, we're working on his name, is going to play for the Vegas Golden Knights. And at Golden Knights on Twitter, the verified Vegas Golden Knights account has said this. Now that our jersey numbers are in, our updated number 87 power rankings, one Shipachov, two Gronkowski, three can't think of any others. Trolling the fact that Sidney Crosby wears 87. So this guy, what's his first name? Vadim Shipachov. Vadim Shipachov will wear number 87 for this upcoming year. So for a guy like me, I'm like, yeah, okay. Wear 87. All good. But Joe Bieber behind the glass believes it's sacrilege. Why can't he wear 87? Just because Crosby does? Yes. It's Sidney Crosby's number. And it's a, ref- it's a number that reflects one of the game's best players. And I just think it's stupid to put that number on your back only because it doesn't give you your own identity. It's always geared towards that's Crosby's number. Dude, there's only so many numbers. There's... They had every number except 99 on that list, and he could have chose a lot of numbers that weren't 87. Maybe he's always worn 87 because maybe he, as a kid growing up, really liked Sidney Crosby. Is it cool that LeBron James wears number 23? No, I think The number of Michael I Jordan. It. I hate it. Why? It's Michael Jordan's number. Do you know how many players have worn 23 yeah, between Jordan have. and James and players who still do? Just to pay homage. It's, it's, it's not like saying... Well, I'm the next Jordan. It's you're wearing the number of your favorite player. How many kids growing up wore numbers of their favorite players? How many number 13s were there in this city? A hundred percent. This is my whole point. It's a sign of admiration. Like, I know, I knew so many kids growing up that wore the number 17 for Wendell Clark. Because he was their hero. So if this Vadim Shipachov wants to wear 87, 90, I don't care what number he plays. Until a league says, hey, no one else can wear that number and retire that number from the game. Like baseball, 42, Jackie Robinson, right? That number's done. Or if a team retires a number, then you can't wear it. Until that time, fair game. And with all due respect, Sidney Crosby is the best player in the game today. Is he of the category as he reached the realm of a Gretzky? No chance. He's reached the realm of that no one should wear his number. Disagree. Okay. Completely disagree. If, if you want to back Joe Biebs, let me know at Wheeler TSN. The text is 10-50-50. The email live at tsn1050.ca. Like, you can't, you can't go, are you going to ban Bobby Orr's number? Are, are you going to ban... You can't just go and start banning numbers. As I can't, there's only what one to ninety nine. Can you wear zero in hockey? Zero, zero to ninety nine. I mean, that's it. I don't even know if you can wear ninety eight. Yes, but hypothetically speaking, you're not going to go wearing number one hundred and thirty three for your tr- no, no. It's not how it works. Shipachov eighty seven. Ballsy move. I get it. Someone texting in. They were twenty they were number sixteen for Trevor Linden. And they always will. That's well, not well, Sidney Crosby. There you go. No, but that's that's the whole point. You wear the number of your favorite player growing up and you don't want to get rid of it. But then you're gonna uh, that's fine, but this is a situation where he's wearing it, playing against that player in the same league, where that number is reflective of the game's best player, not Vadim Shipachov. Okay. 
So Tom Brady couldn't wear 12 because of Joe Montana? Can't wait. No one else can wear 97. Connor McDavid looks good. Can't wear 97. Like, are, are we going down that road? I don't think so. Yeah, imagine a quarterback. No quarterbacks in the NFL can wear number 12. <laughs> okay. Good luck. You're Millennials, mis- I tell you. You're, you're misguided, young Joe Bieber. At Wheeler TSN on Twitter. Where do we stand on this poll question, boys? Uh, poll question today. Think it's a good one. Which new player to their... Hold on. Let's get this wording right. Which player will make the biggest impact for his new team? And tweet in your own choices. And we're talking about the NHL. We're talking about Puck. Is it going to be Panarin to the Jackets? Marlowe to the Leafs? Saad to the Blackhawks? Drouin to the Montreal Canadiens? There are other choices as well. If you didn't make the list, I'm sorry. Or if your choice didn't make the list, I apologize. But write-in votes do count. Thus far and so far, 38% saying Patty Marlowe. I have a real problem with that. And I'll tell you why next. It's Marlowe at 38%, Druen at 32%, Panarin 24%, and Saad 6%. I'll make the case for Druen. I'll make the case for a goaltender as well. And I'll try to get Brendan Saad some votes too. All that coming up. Uh, hey, the phone lines are open. You can weigh in on that as well. 416-870-1050 and toll free at one 591 6876 This is Toronto Today, TSN 1050. The serious tunage today, the Arkells from the Hammer. By the way, a lot going on here. One, I love how we, as in me and the listeners, have officially changed Joe the producer, his last name to Bieber. <laughs> you are forever known as Joe Bieber. Congratulations. Your popularity is going to go through the roof. Ryan from Toronto, tell Bieber to get a life. It's just a number. <laughs> so get a life, Biebs. Talking about Vadim, what's his name again? Vadim Shipashov. Shipashov. Wow, you got to be really careful saying that name during a live broadcast. Wearing number 87. By the way, he was born in 1987 as well. But he's wearing the same number as Sidney Crosby, and that got the Beebs all pissed off. I say it's not a problem. What say you? At Wheeler TSN, the poll question's up on Twitter. People are weighing in on this, Joe. And, uh, Biebs, you, you haven't made them happy. Here we go. Um, I guess goalies can't wear number 30 anymore because of Brodeur. Or I guess 33 because of Patrick Waugh. Right? The only number that you can't wear is 99. Dave saying if you can wear 4, 66, 19, etc., you can wear 87. I don't believe that people can wear those numbers. I don't think people are understanding this. Like, you shouldn't wear 66 or... I don't Crosby's believe Crosby's still should. playing in the or sorry, Crosby's still playing in the league, Joe. Yeah, but we know that Crosby is going to be an all-time great. Like that's a guarantee here. You think that's going to change? You can wear his number though. Like that number is not Crosby's number just cuz he gets paid 8.7 million and he loves that. No- Give me a break. It's fair game for anyone. You hey, fair enough that you feel that way, but you're the type of individual, my boy Josh Hosang that joined the show, you probably had a problem with him wearing 66 too. I do not like him wearing 66. Oh. 
I know. What's wrong with you? It's only Why because, get angry about these things? In all honesty, it's because I feel like it takes away from that person's ability to have their own like individual number in the game. Like it's just that it's it's representative of Mario Lemieux, okay, of Sidney Crosby. So it just. I feel like for me Why personally, I wouldn't need, wear it. Players have their own careers. They don't necessarily have their own numbers. Like, think about some of the great players who have played in recent years, Hall of Famers. They share a number that someone else has worn before, and that's A-OK. There's only so many numbers to go around. No, I understand that, but in this case, this is a specific (laughs) number for one of the generation's greatest players, if not this generation's greatest player. Who's still playing. I don't know. I think you're off, but that's okay. We'll let the people decide. How's that? At Wheeler TSN on Twitter. I'm going to make the case that there's going to be multiple players not named Patrick Marlowe that will have a bigger impact than the newest Toronto Maple Leaf for their respective teams. That's coming up next. And we're going to go about making a shopping list, a grocery list for off-season to-dos for the Toronto Blue Jays. And Richard Griffin's going to join me in about 20 minutes' time. We want your thoughts. Continue to weigh in. Your interaction makes the show what it is. The text is 105050. The email live at tsn1050.ca. Full line are open at 416-870-1050 and toll-free at 1-855-591-6876 at Wheeler TSN on Twitter. We're approaching the top of the clock. We'll be back with your NHL Impact players and our grocery list for the Blue Jays next. Wheels with you, TSN 1050.